Welcome back to another edition of the Florida Keys Weekly Show and Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Myers. I am joined today by none other than our illustrious editor in Key West, Florida, Mandy Miles, the legendary Mandy Miles that everyone seems to know and love, and I'm happy to have her on the show. She's on here for a reason. I'm going to tell you about that as we have a special guest. I always say that, but this one's going to be a great guest. He's here in the studio with us today, and you likely know his name. Before we do that, I want to thank our radio listeners at FM 103.3 and AM 1600, all you early risers who get up and listen to this show. And for the rest of you, if you want to hear this show and all the others, you can catch us at keysweekly.com and all the back, backlog shows are there. Uh, you can also find us at all your favorite podcast spots like Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever podcasts are produced and dug up and that type of thing. But we're all there. Um, uh, Mandy Miles, great to have you here with us today. Thanks for having me. I love this episode. So excited. Yeah. So uh, we've got someone walking in now. We're going to introduce him momentarily. Uh, we'll let our listeners know who it is today. Mandy, go ahead and fill them in. This man, if you have grown up or lived at all in South Florida and read anything in the past 30 some years, you have heard of Carl Hyacin, the longtime columnist for the Miami Herald, author of dozens of books for both adults and kids. Um, and really a corruption fighter and one of the most irreverent and funniest columnists I've uh, I've ever had the experience of reading and meeting. This guy's covered everything from the cocaine wars to the culture wars in South Florida, and we're thrilled to have him. Yeah, if, if you don't even live in Florida, you should know the name Carl Hyacin, uh, a legendary author, uh, journalist, obviously with the Miami Herald, as you said, for years, Mandy, and his column was one of the most popular in the nation, still is, even though he's kind of stepped away from that, and uh, he has some big things coming up we'll talk to him about today. I could read his bio to you folks, but just Google if you don't know, because it's, yeah. it's, it's about a whole podcast within itself, Right. Uh, the books he's done, most of you know, if you haven't even known him, and this is kind of odd, that it really is a what he's known for in terms of his creativity. Uh, but he, he wrote, uh, what was the Burt Reynolds movie? Uh, and uh, back in the day, uh, Showgirls. Striptease? Striptease was the book. Yeah, and it turned into the movie, oh, right? Oh, that's right. That's right, yes. Yeah, so uh, we'll ask him about that. But he's written so many books, not just uh, adult books. I mean, he's really known for his young reader books. He's got yeah. he's got a, uh, a big one coming up. We'll that's talk- actually set in Key West, his new one. In Key West, really cool. So we'll talk to him about that. We'll ask him about uh, an update on Bad Monkey, another one of his famous books. Most people have read Bad Monkey. Uh, not too long ago, we had Vince Vaughn, the actor Vince Vaughn, uh, kind of strolling around Key West. Everyone saw him. He was down here filming the Made uh, for for Apple TV series, limited series coming up, Bad Monkey. And that's from the director who did all kinds of things, from Scrubs to uh, what's the most Ted famous? Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso, yeah. So that's coming up. And it's kind of been put on hold for the last couple of years with the writer's strike and the pandemic. So we'll ask Carl, what's going on with Bad Monkey and the show? He'll have some answers for us, I hope. Uh, we'll also ask him about the literary seminar that's coming up here in Key West. He's a big part of that. That's taking place January 11th through the 14th, and they right. were a big part of making this interview happen today as we see him coming in the studio now. So we'll talk about the literary seminar, what that means to Key West, what role Carl is going to play in that, along with some other big names. Big time. Dave Barry's coming. They're good friends and fellow columnists. Yeah, Dave Barry is another hilarious guy. That's why I love Carl so much. Just 
a, just a funny guy, uh, incredible writer, but a lot of humor behind what he does. He really is sort of a voice. He's kind of amused the voice of Florida, not just South Florida. He's a Florida guy. He really is. He really grew up here, born and raised, and and he makes he puts it in puts things in words and humor that they're important topics that he covers, but it makes it makes them he makes them relevant and relatable to everybody. Yeah, and the one thing I do want to cover too, Mandy, if you'll help me stay on task today, I know Carl's going to have a lot to say. Uh, Carl being such a, a great journalist, and I got to see him lately, and I'll, I'll ask him. I can't re- remember if it was MSNBC or CNN. He was on there talking about two things I want to bring up today. One of those was his late friend, really good friend. Everyone says they were friends with Jimmy Buffett. Right. And we know some people in, in town here in the Key West area who really were good friends with Jimmy Buffett. But Carl was one of those close friends all the way up until the end. Oh, he was with him, I believe, right, you know, in the last few months of his life. When, yeah. yeah. And so if we can get him to talk a little bit Jimmy Buffett with us today, I know it means a lot to him. Um, I know it's a tough topic because he misses his friend. Right. We'll right. talk about that. And then uh, we'll talk about the state of journalism just because Carl is big on talking about that. He was yeah. talking about that on, on TV not just a few weeks ago and just where journalism is going, print media, uh, online media, um, and, and maybe what the future of that looks like and some of the perils and hurdles that we're all facing. Absolutely. And, and he does, he covers well the intersection of politics and print media when it comes to, uh, you know, politics today, especially in Florida. Yeah. And just, you know, everyone has a political side these days. I get it. As, as much as in the middle, I try to be. Carl's got a, got a he comes from a point of view. Right. He's got an opinion. We're going to let him share that today. And we have someone else with a different point of view. We'll let them share that. Exactly. But, but I want to hear Carl's today because I listen when he talks and it'll be a lot of fun. Doesn't mean everyone has to agree or disagree, but he has a lot of great insight. So I'm going to buckle up, Mandy. I know you're excited. I can't I'm wait. pumped up. I see him walking in here. So here we are, folks, without uh, any more uh, pumping up and background, without further ado, joining us on the Florida Keys weekly podcast and show is none other than Carl Hyacinth. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. This is a uh, showbiz. <laughs> this is the showbiz side of it right here. It's fancy. It yeah. is. I know. You've been on about every uh, major uh, platform and magazine. Here you are in the Keys Weekly. I know this blows you away how fancy we are. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is I'm, I'm way more comfortable here. Um, I'll start out. Uh, one of the reasons you're here, you're riding around with uh, uh, Arlo Haskell, who helped make this happen for us today. I want to thank Arlo. He's one of the organizers of the Key West Literary Seminar that's coming up January 11th through the 14th. Um, people can see more of that at kwls.org. But uh, I want to thank Arlo, and I know that's a big part of what you do. Tell us a little bit about uh, the Literary Seminar, Carl, and, and what you'll be doing uh, as a part of that. Well, I, I probably, I think I'm tentatively doing a, a panel with, if you can call it that, with just uh, me and Dave Barry, my old friend Dave Barry. So, uh, you know, I, I have to... Uh, I, I try to help him be funnier, you know. <laughs> uh, he struggles in public settings, you know, Dave. Uh, and then I'll, I'll be, I haven't got the full schedule yet. I think I'm, I'm probably going to go to a, a visit a school while I'm down. And, and uh, I, I don't know how many of these I've, I attended, if not the first, one of the very first ones, uh, the Key West Seminars, a literary seminar. And uh, I think that was out at the college at the time. And, and uh, I think uh, McGuane was here. I think Jim Harrison was here. Uh, I think uh, Tony Hillerman and Elmore Leonard were around for that one. Uh, 
Uh, it was just an amazing uh, list of all stars, and it was it was so humbling. But I, and I I was I was on a couple panels, but I remember just going to sneak in to to listen to to the real writers talk, you know. And uh, so it's been it's been a great event for a long time, and it's, I'm just happy to see it's still it's 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 stronger than ever. It really is now in its 41st year. I know, and I was I was just telling you when you walked in, Carl. I can't think of a better, more timely or relevant theme for this year's literary seminar. That's it's called Florida, the state we're in, and hence Carl Hyacinth's appearance, Dave Barry. I know Diane Roberts is uh, is part of the panels. Um, Vander. Jeff Vandermeer is here. So, I mean, some really, really heavy hitters from Florida who have pulled no punches when it comes to to the state that we really are in, uh, including in your recent piece in Vanity Fair about our <laughs> about our esteemed governor. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to have you here. And thanks. Thanks for joining us. And thanks for your support of local news and and local media as as, you know, holding uh, well, accountability been, in these days. Well, you have to. But I mean, Key West has always been one of my favorite places when I was a kid. And uh, my, my, we, yeah, I mean, it was just one of those, one of the, it, it always had that magnetism. And I was, I loved to fish, of course, and I grew up in South Florida, so I'd come to the Keys and go fishing a lot. But a lot of times we didn't get much further than Isla Mirada if we just had a weekend. To, to, but I've been getting to spend a lot more time. They, I was sent here on investigative series. And, and when uh, the other thing that they always used to send Herald reporters here, we had, you know, we had actual bureau here, but they'd send additional, um, you know, uh, manpower if there was they thought there was a remote chance of a hurricane hitting the editors would gather and they'd pick all the cities in florida where it looked like potentially the hurricane hit and they would send a photographer and reporter to that city and and wait and if the hurricane didn't you didn't have anything to write or anything to do if it went the other way <laughs> but i remember i got i got sent to key west on a couple of, for a couple of hurricanes and never got here so i got like weekends in key west out of the deal that i got to build to the herald um, and you've got a and you've had a it gave, it gave you a ton of material for books and, and articles yeah certainly. yeah yeah I, you're so you know carl you we're with carl hyacinth here on the florida keys weekly podcast and show uh carl you're a humble guy and I know this from your interviews I've watched you and I listen to you I'm a fan I know how humble you are but you are a celebrity you're famous now I mean for, for good reason for your incredible works yeah. um, and down to earth and the way you tell stories and, and it's a lost art uh, to have a humorist from uh, you know in, in this country in this day and age um, going back to, to Clemens or Twain and on, on and on that said, I mean, I am curious because I see you in here and I recognize you. It's really cool. But being when you're a famous author and journalist and columnist, do people more so recognize you in Florida or when you're out of Florida? Like when you go to say, yeah, I don't know where you go. Let's say you go to Applebee or who I don't know who goes to Applebee's some, some, someplace. <laughs> do folks say, hey, do you get that all the time? Or obviously it happens more often in Florida, I think. Yeah. But it does happen other places and, you know, in strange places where where you don't expect it and uh and it's very flattering but you know uh it it does it, it's so it's still surprising which is good is you never have to you can't expect to have that to happen and when the people do stop me they're inc- incredibly nice or they'll say yeah. we you know we, we saw you on tv this interview or you know we read this particular book they'll have a book in mind um, and it's it's so flattering, and it's nothing you ever I never anticipated. I don't think if you t- talk to Dave, they would tell you the same thing. Yeah. You know, you just start out 
uh, trying to write something that is 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 important yet it, and it makes people laugh for the right reasons you know and that's kind of the definition of satire is it's not it's not slapstick uh, i mean there's a, there's a there's a bullseye there's a target and if if you walk into a room and everybody's laughing because of that book you've done your job because they get it you know it's it's in a way an inside joke yeah. and 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 so it's inherently uh political and social if if you're doing it right i mean uh uh, and 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 for me, it's just getting uh, trying to purge whatever's going on. Like Mandy referred to, what's going on in the state state of Florida. You know, when I wrote um, the last adult book I did was called Squeeze Me, and and the, and the pitch idea was really simple. It was um, uh, giant pythons, Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> <laughs> How can I you, think? Didn't you call it Casa Bellicosa in, that in book? the novel? I, of course, I, I I gave it a, a, a elegant name but but you know when you think about when you have your fantasies as a Floridian and one of mine is having uh, giant pythons all over Mar-a-Lago I mean <laughs> so that I get to, you get to you get away with that stuff and then that's that's the the cool thing about being a writer is it's just they're your characters and you can yeah why not we'll do this now what do you think what do you attribute because it seems like at least in your position from what for 36 years as as a columnist you seem to get away with a lot mm. and i mean and it was always your voice was speaking for a regular reader a regular working person in florida and calling out the ridiculous politics and corruption and everything else i think i think one miami city city councilman one time introduced a res a formal resolution to denounce you it passed at, yeah. <laughs> it didn't really <laughs> i'm not surprised so you were doing your job but trouble. Now. i know i know resolution don't talk to our city commissioners, Carl. Uh, no, I, I, uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm proudest of those moments when that happened. And it was Joe Carroyo, I think, that introduced it. And who knew now he's back in the big in, in the mix up there. But After he got arrested, didn't he? Uh, oh, I don't I lose track of all, 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 the, all of the rest that happened up there. But I remember sending that the the story and the actual proclamation was they made me a copy of it that our city hall reported it so i remember sending it to my editor in new york at the time and saying is there any way we can put this on the back of the next novel a jacket of the novel i was so proud of it. that's great uh well i, I want to touch on some of that and get to it i do want to get this in because this is important you've got a, a fairly new uh young reader book not yeah. out now uh wrecker and a lot of it takes place it takes place here in key west yes. which is really cool um you know and your can if you're gonna make your pitch i'm sure everyone knows about it most people down here have ordered it but can you give us a little background on wrecker and and what that book's about well i i i've always wanted to set a kid's book in part of it is vicarious because uh, that's what i was wondering how much I, I of that was your wishful thinking of growing up in the keys I, I didn't get to live in the keys when i was growing we were visiting and but i i'd always thought what a cool place to grow up and I and I thought I think that Key West still probably is a pretty cool place to grow up and so I wanted this the book set here and also gave me a good excuse to come down here even more than I usually do but the wrecker the, the main character um, that's his nickname he comes and I don't it's a sixth or seventh generation uh, conk and um, his his dad was a um, his, his great 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 
grandfather was a uh, was a, a diver on one of the salvage boats, wrecker boats. Was a so, shipwrecker, right? Yeah, right. when the wrecks uh, occurred on the reefs, you know, this, the whole town mobilized, and different groups of wreckers went and tried to get the cargo. And they there's it was a judge here in town whose whose job it was was to decide who salvaged the most, what percentage of it they were getting, and and it was it was the big business. They would call, and his dad or his ancestor was a, a Bahamian diver, and a lot of the boats out of Key West used uh, Bahamian divers because they could hold, there was no scuba, there was no underwater, uh, so they could hold their breath the longest and the water at shipwrecks was often fouled with oil and tar and chemicals and, and whatever else was in the hold and so it was the most dangerous job on a wrecking crew was diving down with a rope or a chain to try to attach it to cargo and and you had to make a lot of dives and, and so Wrecker, he nicknamed himself because he was so proud of that ancestor and and that's that's and he's uh he's just a kid uh growing up here and it takes place in 2021 so when there was a lot going on in qs uh, yeah. you packed a lot into that into yes that book. there was <laughs> there, you had uh, you know you had the, uh, the 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 pandemic going on and you had the uh fight for uh, uh, sort of the the sane approach to a cruise ship right. in industry going on, and all and and you know little flotillas and little protests in the harbor. You know when the when those giant cruise liners came in, and I wanted to work all of that in there. And so, uh, 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 Wrecker's um, uh, sister is very active in that movement in Key West, uh, and Wrecker himself is out there in his little skiff. You know, but he's uh, a kid. He's a water kid. I mean, he. Goes yeah, out by himself. Yeah, I mean, in yeah, such a different yeah. childhood than than a lot of kids today. Yeah, and the book opens. He's out fishing west of here by himself, just to kind of catch some snapper for dinner, and a big glittery uh, go fast speedboat he hears it coming, sees a big rooster tail in it, plows right up on one of the mud banks, and and they they call him over and want him to uh, pull the boat off with his little skip, which he can't do. Uh, it, it's not strong enough. And, and, uh, and, you know, they, the guys are kind of suspicious, but they throw, uh, they throw a, can, a beer can into his boat. And he wondered why they did that. And he looks and it's full of cash. And they said, uh, you know, that's for you. And you didn't see us. You didn't hear us. You never met us. And we never met you. And, so long and so now he starts out now of course he they do see him again and it turns into a story but that's one of the one of the one of the sub stories in it now i know you didn't come on here for us to pitch your book but it, it sounds like a great stocking stuff or a great gift for I, I have kids all in school here i'm, I'm raising kids in the key west so i there do believe go, it's a great place yeah. um do you just recommend people folks go to amazon carl to grab that or is there a place that you would rather them go purchase that well book like the, the bookstores here I, I absolutely try, I, books and, oh, if you're in key sorry. west of course books and books here in well, the U.S. Got, or a place you like got that. A couple bookstores here. I always, uh, I love to see that the. The, the community aspect of bookstores, you know, and I, I don't even remember this years ago. Everyone predicted the end of the independent bookstore, especially Amazon, which has definitely put a dent. And I heard that about newspapers, too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, the newspapers, you, I think, is a little even more dramatic. But yeah. some of the some of the uh, in many towns and when I went on the book tour and you go 
and the finding independent stores have weathered all that. And there, there's a, almost a community loyalty about going to those stores. And, and now a lot of them have cafes and places and the people just hang out and read and buy books. And um, I remember when in Books and Books in Miami, there was a big Barnes and Noble superstore that was yeah. going in in Kendall. And everybody thought that Mitch, who owns the Books and Books, that that was it for him. Uh, and he can't compete price wise with the, 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 that kind of thing. And he's he's still there. The Barnes and Noble is gone, I think. And, How about uh, that? Yeah. And, and he's, he's still here. I think he's one of the speakers at the seminar yeah, this year. Coming, yeah. As yeah. the founder of the first but Books and Books. But his store yeah. is in the Gable. The main store is in the Coral Gables. And it's just yeah. a it's it's busy all the time. I mean, it, it, people are they come from all over to go to that. And so it can be done is what I'm saying. There's hope. Yeah. And uh, and I uh, uh, I'm not sure if there's hope for newspapers anymore. <laughs> well, but, you know, we keep guys like you coming on. Well, we might have a chance here. But uh, we do have Carl Hyacin here on the Florida Keys Weekly podcast and show. And that was a high softball for anyone listening. I don't want you to go to Amazon if you're in Key West. I do want you to go to your local bookstore. Um, speaking of uh, some of your books, Carl, this one I will get in trouble if I don't ask you about. I don't know how involved you are in this process anymore. <laughs> I know. It's but a couple of year or so ago, maybe two years ago, some guy named Vince Vaughn was bopping around town. Yep. Everyone was trying to get a picture of him on his bike <laughs> and try to leave him alone in, in good Key West style and manner. Um, but obviously he was filming the word was out for bad, yeah. for bad monkey. Mm-hmm. It's going to be on Apple TV. Everyone's been waiting for it. Uh, can you, can Me you, from, from your mouth, can you give us an update? Well, uh, first of all, you'll probably know before I will, okay. uh, just because the authors on, on the food chain, the author is, 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 pretty far down the food chain <laughs> because because you keep input giving your input probably so. no i i i i on these projects i usually do try to stand clear it's a whole different animal this was uh i mean it's 10 episodes um oh, good. and it was uh uh we had the writer strike and then the actor strike and even though they were done with the primary shooting of it um uh, nobody wanted to cross any picket lines for the production side, you know, so it basically shut all of Hollywood down. Everything was shut down. And now it's back up and kicking. And the, the most recent word I got, and this is not from anybody at Apple, but just from somebody who I know, somebody who knows someone else said this, that they're, they're hoping it'll be early summer. I mean, yeah. it's the production is basically done, but, uh, do they call you and say, hey, uh, we're thinking about Vince Vaughn, or is that just all No, he, they, he did. Okay. He, uh, the Bill Lawrence, who who's producing it, also did um, uh, um, uh, Shrinking, and, and he did Ted Lasso. Yeah. And, and, and he's got a pretty darn good track record. And he, did, he did uh, Scrubs, the hospital series. He worked with Michael J. Fox on a TV series. He knows. And and uh, he did. He, he ran a couple ideas by me. And he, okay. he's, he had that book. He had the option on the book for several years. And he just couldn't get put the right package together, the right actor together, anything. And it's funny because then, you know, Ted Lasso becomes this huge hit. And he calls me, he says, well, he says, basically, uh, I can pretty much do what I want now. And this is what I want. And this is what I want my next project to be. And, and then Vince, who's very funny, and I don't, I didn't know him at all, but I mean, I met him on the set a couple of times. Uh, and he put him and Michelle Monaghan. He's got a really great crew. And, wow, um, yeah. and I will... I will tell you a funny, a true story from, from the, the novel takes place. The main character, Yancey, lives on Big Pine and they did everything they could to recreate it, uh, except the house that they used for him is on the ocean side. But then they built the whole story is that Yancey, this, he's, he's in trouble as a detective. He's been demoted down to a, a, 
like a food inspector, basically. He's yeah. got his, and, uh, which is scarier even than being a detective in uh, certain places. But anyway, so they, uh, in the book, there's a guy take, moves in, uh, buys the lot next to his and starts building this giant McMansion way above code, uh, blocking out Yancey's view of the sun. And, and so he, he conducts a quiet vendetta uh, against the guy. So they build a, a fake mansion on Big Pine, um, I mean, it would, you know, it's a facade from the outside, but it was pretty, it was pretty funny. And, and when I first day I went on the set, there's this, where Vince is sitting, they're doing a scene where he's sitting, looking out at the water and it's beautiful, you know, up there and he's sitting there and behind him, there's this thing, this stuffed critter. And, and I said, what is that? And he goes, oh, that's, that's our key deer. I said, Jesus, God, it looks like uh, what it, it's, uh, and he said, no, 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 don't worry. We'll put it in with computer. It's going to be a real key deer when yeah. you see it. Because one of the things in the novel is one of the things that Yancey's character does is he loves Big Pine. He loves the key deer to come through his yard at mm-hmm. night and, and he doesn't feed him or anything, but he just loves to watch him eat roots and the little families of key deer. And this guy has just wiped out acres of, of woods. So he's pissed. Yeah. Yancey's pissed about that. So the one of the, cause I, I'd say in the book about how the key deer has been endangered, how it's isolated only to a few islands in the keys and, and it's small. It's like a little setter, you know? And so that's the theme of the, And so I, I remember them asking, well, I, don't, I hope we get some shots of some key deer, real key deer, uh, um, you know, for the, for the TV, make it be authentic. I mean, we can do it computerized. So I was sitting in, in I, there was a break or something. I was standing out there and I look across the road and there's, I see a couple, two or three key deer walking around yeah. and I see others. And so I was telling that that craft services, you know, where they do the catering is a big crew. It's a hundred people working up there on big. So they had a big tent, you know, where the, they had food for everybody. And I was talking to the guy and, and he uh, was running it. And he, he goes, Oh yeah, those key deer, God, what a pain. And I said, what do you mean? <laughs> I said, they're rare. They're, they're, they're beautiful and they're rare. And this guy's from L.A. or something. He said, well, it might be rare. But he says, you know, every morning I, I put out Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> <laughs> and they're he, huge fans. And they're apparently huge fans. This is allegedly, Carl. Allegedly he did this, right? That's well, like, you, when you put out the donuts for them, <laughs> he put out the donuts for the actors and the crew. And he said, oh, we, okay. he said we have a sign that said no deer allowed, I'm right. sure. And then he says, so we have to bring extra people in. He said to keep uh, the deer away from the, our food. He said they literally, the deer like line up like they're in a cast trying to get food. Uh, and and he, he wasn't, uh, I, he wasn't that big of a fan. He said, I, I got to deal with these things. I, I just thought it's ironic because the whole point was, especially when I, when I was young and I was a kid, you, you hardly ever saw them, you know, uh, that you, you always wanted to see one. You never really saw that many. And now they found the set. They, they, the set didn't find them. They found their way to the set because they be, many of them become so tame unfortunately right. they eat but but well, I, th- I thought here, here he is telling me because oh every morning they're here we have to get p- extra people here to keep them away I, from the donuts yeah, so I've <laughs> seen them walking that CVS up there on Big Fine they, they're, they're, that's their home they, they, that, they run the place and uh, they got a care card they got little oh yeah they, they, get the, they, they get the long receipt and everything the, they, the, they, the, you the, see them taking the, the, the scroll receipts around yeah, their neck. The, the CVS scroll yeah. um, I want to switch gears because we, we, we have you know maybe 10 minutes or so with Carl Hyacinth 
here, and this is switching gears quite a bit, but I definitely want to get this in. And Mandy brought this up earlier. I don't want to get too political, but I think this is such an important topic for our readers, our listeners, people who read our papers uh, to come from someone like you. She did mention that Vanity Fair piece from mm-hmm. 2018. It was titled... Oh, that was just this past October, right? Oh, October, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the one from 23. Uh, it said Trump won't hesitate, uh, or it said uh, DeSantis won't hesitate, uh, you know, to... In, in that, you were quoted, DeSantis is, an, is our native, one of our own, and he has proven himself to be just as thin-skinned, soulless, and vengeful as Trump, betraying his political godfather to seek the Republican presidential nomination, uh, demanded more of DeSantis than casual disloyalty. He needed a metaphorical crowbar to pry his per- <laughs> perpetually pinched lips from Trump's ass. Mm. Um, you think I went too easy on him? Yeah, I think, it was, I think, yeah, I think yeah. he pulled a few punches. <laughs> I don't think anyone really uh, has to look too far to know where you stand, not necessarily politically, but just in fairness and and transparency and what's going on today. And I know it hits home with you some. I don't really want to dig into that unless you want to talk about it. But the reason I bring this up, there is a lot of rhetoric rhetoric around journalists in the state of media today. Mm-hmm. And I know DeSantis is a big part of that, Governor, De- Governor DeSantis. Uh, someone I follow, Ron uh, Flipowski, uh, Philip Kowski Ka- uh, tweeted uh, that Cash Patel, an, a, another children's author, I'm going to put that in quotations, children's <laughs> author, um, he just recently said as Trump's next CIA director, he will lead patriots, that's in quotation, appointed by Trump in an all-out effort to prosecute people in government and media. He said, quote, we will find the conspirators in government and media. And yes, we're going to come after the people in the media. Used to be that could just be rhetoric. How serious do we as, as media, as a nation, uh, with our you know, First Amendment, everything that goes on, how, you know, this would sound like, yeah, that's just political rhetoric. How serious is this now? Well, I think, I mean, I remember Nixon's enemy list, uh, and, uh, and he, he hated the Washington Post, he hated the New York Times, and certain actual individuals who've been writing about, the, and not just Woodward and Bernstein, but before that he had an enemies list. And, uh, and, and, and Ellsberg, of course, uh, and I mean, they broke into Ellsberg's office, he, he, uh, you know, for the, uh, the Pentagon Papers uh, to, and stole reports, I think, on his own psychiatric right, treatment right. and things like that. So I think if, I think Trump's perfectly capable of doing that kind of thing, uh, whether his uh, there's but he also there's also the competence issue um, his the talent pool around Donald Trump has always been thin and uh, and and arrogant. And those are things I, I don't think any judges would tolerate. But I don't think there's nothing to stop them from going after, you know, the, the Obama administration prosecuted somebody for le- leaking, you know. And uh, I mean, it's not it, traditionally uh, presidents and chief executives hate hate the press. Typically, or, yes. Or, yeah, pre- Democrat or Republican. Unless they have their favorite pet, pet, right. pet outlets, in, of course. As a general yeah. rule, they don't trust the press. They don't they don't like the press. And, you know, in my case, I was I wrote an opinion column for 36 and and I I'm just stating my opinion. It wasn't I was I wasn't covering anything as a reporter in a press pool c- covering a, a economic summit or anything. I, I my position was I was getting paid for commentary and commentary is opinion. Um so the the uh, there would be a losing battle for them because then you'd have to prosecute uh, the first people you have to prosecute for doing that would be Fox News. True. That's true. Exactly. You're so, right. You're um, right. 
uh, and that kind of stuff would be uh, greatly opposed by Fox News because what if the next president's a Democrat and you 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 move the markers, then yeah. then you've got yourself. So I I don't I think a lot of it's rhetoric. I think uh, it was a lot of it was last time. What Trump? You know, I'm going to build a wall and Mexico is going to pay for it. Sure, how how'd that work out? Uh, and I mean, some of it, but you can't. What you can't disregard is the obvious. Uh, animosity and then paranoia uh, you know like Nick Nixon was that way too and uh, but in Trump's case he's right out there and he's not as disciplined a politician as Nixon at all uh, and here's DeSantis who fancies himself as that disciplined uh, a politician uh, yet he can't get any traction in the polls at all his his it's a great message he thought you know things go to their head he he wins big in the in his second campaign and he, from that, he deduces that the whole country wants to be Florida. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that and that message hasn't the whole country doesn't. Right. That's what he's found. It's not resonated. No. no, it hasn't. He's been to 99 counties in Iowa uh, and we'll see how he does in the Iowa caucuses. But my guess is they don't want to be Florida in Iowa. But that's all he promotes is his crackdowns on, on, on the LGBTQ yeah. community, all of that. Uh, the law, everything that he says he did is stuff that appalled uh, in may, many cases, a majority of Floridians. So. Absolutely. And a lot of it is still is not even he's count, counting them as victories, but a lot of them are still tied up in court and no, haven't actually been enacted. Been, yeah. yeah, but the, I, th- I mean, that's there's a political element. I I do worry about what you said, Brett, about uh, but I think that if 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 you have also they're not very bright to even be saying they're going to do that. Let's face it. If you're yeah, they're not these are not geniuses that, that are talking like this. They're, I mean, uh, it would be like you know what are they going to put uh, you know Don Jr. in charge of the Justice Department? I, I don't think it's necessarily. And I, again, I'm not trying to lead you down this because there's a couple of things I want to cover with you quickly. We've got about five minutes, but I. I I, and I know this, again, I'm not trying to lead you into a conversation with, with, with your brother, um, but when we talk about rhetoric, I worry what it, not necessarily could they enforce it, you know, persecuting the media like we might see in a third world or communist nation, but who they're leading to, to right. violence, who they're, who they're inspiring to do things. And that's I think scary. that's something, yeah. Um, uh, that said, uh, Carl Heisen's here. We got about five minutes. I want to do, I call this rapid fire. It's not really rapid fire because my questions are long. I'll keep them somewhat short. Uh, my first one is uh, we'll have some fun with you. And, and it's just so great to have you here. Uh, speaking of some of our uh, politicians or former politicians, I saw today that former uh, Republican congressman and recently disgraced congressman George Santos, he's got a new gig on the platform Cameo. So you can basically pay 200 bucks and he'll say whatever you, you want. He would say whatever he wanted anyways, evidently, before. But now you can pay 200 bucks. He'll send a message to a friend or an enemy or whoever it might be. And you can just write the script for him and he'll say it. Uh, I know you in, in the real world, you would never pay Santos 200 bucks. But in hypothetical world, if you had to get Santos to say one thing, what would you have him say and who would he say it to? Um, if I had to get him to say something, I would say uh, have him uh, do, do a little cameo for the Moms of Liberty. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> ask, ask, tell him he'll be, he'll come help them in their crusade. Uh, he'll be right there at their side. Something, you know, Rudy Giuliani's got the same gig. He was doing the same thing. Uh-huh. I mean, it's 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 just pathetic, isn't it? I mean, it's hilarious and, and pathetic. Too, and, and empty arrogance. All right, we we've uh, already made uh, Governor Santos mad at us today. I'm sure I'm on a list, but since we're I've the, been on a list for a long time. Mandy Miles has been on a list. Uh, so, <laughs> so Carl. 
Carl Heisen, this is a question for you. Uh, I know you're a University of Florida guy, but he's he's been uh, beating the, the drum, uh, no pun intended, for FSU, who was snubbed <laughs> in the college football playoff. Yeah. He even put a million dollars of taxpayer money aside if they want to sue the NCAA and uh, go after him. Um, whether or not that's something they should do, um, if they make a movie out of that court trial where we sue the NCAA, who would play DeSantis and who would play the defense and prosecuting attorneys in, the, in that book that you well, write about I don't this know. trial? Just, just casting DeSantis would be, um, <laughs> you know, you, you want to, you, you would want a, like a, uh, I'm trying to think, of, you have to get kind of a flatline personality, you know, and, and that's just his nature. A lot of people aren't comfortable in, in public and, and clearly shaking hands and all that. I'm trying to think of an actor that could could pull it off. I mean, you, uh, uh, I'm guessing, I think uh, Kevin Spacey could probably pull it off. <laughs> what, what I love this what guy. You, what are your thoughts about this lawsuit? I mean, should should they sue uh, the NCAA? To get, oh, it's ridiculous. They're not going to win. But DeSantis has, has spent so many million dollars of Florida taxpayer money on on the, on the laws and decisions that have are hung up in court and are never going to win. He has no problem spending your money and my money. Um, everybody's ticked off about that. It's, it's ridiculous that the Seminoles aren't in the playoffs. It's absurd that it they're absurd. not. Yeah. Yeah. But you take a million dollars, you know how long a lawsuit takes to, uh, yeah. to the, this season will be over then the following. Then what are you going to do? Are you going to reassemble that team yeah. from from the, all the professional teams that they're on and, and replay the game? I mean, it's it's just stupid. And again, it's just it, it's just for votes. It's just, uh, it's not as bad as, as uh, using public money to, to take a, a bunch of migrants to Mars his vineyard uh, that's that's not only absurd but it's 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 cruel yes agreed um, so I've, I've got a couple minutes with you, Carl. We're being, uh, trying to be extremely respectful to your time. I know you have a lot to do here in Key West, a lot of people waiting to see you, so we won't be too selfish. But this one, I think, is timely. Um, I saw you, again, I, I apologize to my friends at CNN or MSNBC. I know I saw you on both. I forget which one it was, but you were talking about the history. We've reported on this as well, the history of the KKK here in Key West. Yep. Um, which is and, mentioned in Wrecker. Yeah, 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 yeah. In that, you really... Um, I, 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 you got a little sentimental. I know you got a little choked up. You talked about it. Uh, Jimmy Buffett had just passed away. They were asking about your friend yeah. and you told some stories. Can I put you on the spot? Uh, obviously he's beloved here. You're, you're, you will go down and lure with him as one of those Key West people. I know Jimmy is, is just the guy. Um, can you give us a story maybe that people haven't heard or maybe don't know about Jimmy that, that goes with you? Uh, well, and, you I don't. I mean, I've been asked a lot. I, I mean, the one of the things that I remember very well was that the um it was uh, last not this october last october so it would have been about oh i guess 10 months before he passed away but we were in the bahamas and uh he was he was between treatments you know uh, but he, he was he he didn't he didn't have a, a slow gear he was he was it was in high high gear all the time he was he and he wanted to um uh we're supposed to be taking it a little easy but i remember him jumping on a paddleboard uh to go look for some uh, with his fly rod to go look for some fish and he has to cross this channel and, and the tide's roaring out and uh and he's he pops up and he, he just gets to be a smaller and smaller speck and i was with a couple of friends of mine one of them works for him and one of his jobs is sort of you know keep an eye on the boss <laughs> and he goes oh, he's doing this again he runs down gets on his paddleboard and he has to cross this channel to another island to go to go get jimmy and jimmy comes back and he's he hardly even not even broken a sweat oh. and so it was hard for those close to him to 
I think, accept and realize how sick he was because if you saw him, uh, I mean, up until the very end, it was obvious, but he was still he was still out there working it, you know, and then, then later on the same trip, we, we were sitting on a beach and he had one of these foil boards, these hover, hover boards that mm-hmm. you get up on and, you know, the, on this they blade and you go yeah. zipping yeah. and he wanted to do that. And so he, they made him put on a helmet, you know, and then he, he just zipped around and again, he disappears. And I, and I, I said, Gerald, where, where do you suppose he is? And he goes, I don't know. He's probably found someone to talk to out there. <laughs> and a few minutes later, you see the speck and it's flying full speed back. Does like a figure eight right in front of us, jumps off, gets out of the water. And, and I mean, this after the treatments were heavy. That's amazing. And I just, it was so inspirational, but it was also on the other hand, hard to accept the idea how, how sick he was, you know, for those of us who knew him and loved him because he didn't give that vibe off at all. He he was like, come on, what are we going to do now? What are we going to do next? And he just, just like until the very end, until less than a year before he passed. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that is inspirational. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it's still hard to talk about it, but I mean, he's still the, the, the the inspirational part of it, thinking about your own lives and thinking about all the stuff that I whine about that most writers are whiners anyway we are um, <laughs> and, the, and, the, and he wrote that whole album the whole last album yeah. so fast and 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 uh, I mean he was writing and we, that was on a trip we came up with this idea for this silly song fish porn that's on the album because he didn't Jimmy didn't know what fish porn was and I said it's when guys like you and me catch a big fish we send each other these <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> photos it's you know it's I'm married it, to one uh, of those guys uh, yeah I mean we're, we can't wait to send you a picture of a fish we caught <laughs> and he thought but he liked the phrase and so he went up from, he went from there with it but I mean uh, you know it was just I guess we shouldn't have been surprised knowing what it was, what he was dealing with, but we nonetheless were. Well, watching you tear up talking about your friend, you're such a human. That's why your works resonate. Um, we're so honored to have you here today. If you ever come back in town in your board, out of your mind, we'd love to have you back. <laughs> I don't need to be uh, bored. This was so, so uh, much fun for me. And so it was so so nice of you to have me on, actually. It is absolute. Uh, Mandy Miles, Brett Myers here, Florida Keys Weekly Podcast with Carl Heisen. It's our privilege. You can catch Carl. Check it out. The, the Key West Limin- uh, Literary Seminar really has become something special. Um, it's January 11th through 14th. Again, go to kwls.org. If you're lucky, you can catch Carl there for that. And uh, Carl, uh, you as a humorist, I grew up with Ludlow Porch and Louis Gazard up in Georgia. And to do what you do, there's not many people who can really do it. And oh, to have you, you around, I, I'm ready for the movie about you one day. So <laughs> that's the one I want to so. No, that'll be a lot long and after I'm gone. I don't even know whether your job, would you say, does your job even exist today? Could, can newspapers even swing it to have, is there they, a they new generation? They do have some columnists, okay. but the newsrooms are gone. Yeah. It's pretty much yeah. you're sitting at home, like, you know, whining. Yeah. <laughs> But you mind well. Yeah, well, Carl, it's an absolute privilege. Hope you have a great stay here in Key West. Thank I know you. It's uh, always a blast. You're a native son here or, uh, or adopted or however you want to look at it. You're, you're as part of Key West as anybody. That and means it's a lot. Thank absolute you, privilege. Yeah. Thank you both. Yeah. Thanks, Carl. All right, listeners out there, that was a treat for us. I hope it was for you as well. Uh, the legendary Carl Hyacin right here with us in the studio. Uh, catch us next time on the Florida Keys Weekly Podcast. And I really appreciate all of you uh, folks listening. And we will catch you next time. Thank you so much.